You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Mark Esper joins us. He's got a big fancy title, forget about it. He's a screaming eagle of the 101st Airborne with on-the-ground experience. He's the former U.S. Secretary of Defense. Secretary Esper, fantastic to catch up with you, sir, as always. I wanted to lean on your experience in the administration. We've seen some landmark accords come out of the Trump administration, the Abraham Accords, just establishing diplomatic relations between Israel and places we never thought we would. We were hopeful that was going to take place with Saudi Arabia and Israel. It hasn't. Mark, are we learning that there are some forces in the Middle East that just don't want peace? Yes, of course we do. Um, and, and that is Iran, principally. And then there are um, uh, the proxy groups around the region that they support, Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis, uh, the Shia militia, militia groups in Iraq. Look, I think a big part of what motivated Hamas to attack at this time and the way they did was the fact that uh, the normalization accord between the Saudis and Israelis was moving forward, albeit slowly, but moving forward. And of course, if it was concluded on the terms that we knew that were leaking out, that would have meant a tremendous shift of power back to the Palestinian Authority, which of course we know the Hamas is uh, uh, is opposed to, right? There's friction between Fatah and Hamas. Um, and, and of course, the Hamas's benefactors, Iran, would also uh, be hurt uh, by normalization because you'd finally see an alignment or an emerging alignment between the Arab states and Israel against uh, Persia, against Iran. So I think those are principal reasons why uh, this attack happened at this time. The political battle will be engaged to look back the 2020 hindsight, uh, Secretary. What I'm fascinated by is how we prosecute a military affair with Israeli forces, okay, fine, against terrorist groups. We've never really done this, have we? Well, I mean, you, you could argue that the uh, our response after 9-11 when we went to, into Afghanistan first to displace the Taliban and then, of Fair. course, the pursuit of, uh, of, of, um, uh, of uh, al-Qaeda and eventually uh, ISIS, et cetera, was part of that. We, of course, yes, we went after ISIS in Syria as well. So, uh, but I get your point. Look, it's, it's very tough. You have a con an army built for big, heavy conventional fights, an extraordinary uh, soft capability going into a heavily populated uh, dense area trying to root out militants among the public and having to fight in multiple dimensions, right? On the ground, above the ground, and below the ground. And it's going to be quite a bloody and messy affair. What would the Screaming Eagles do? I mean, I, you know, you've got tangible experience here. Do they do a massive bombardment a la World War II, say, and then go in? Or do you expect them to prosecute something different? 
Look, I think we've seen the bombardment so, so far. At some point, they're going to have to move in and go street by street, block by block. I think part of re the reason why you see so many airstrikes is they're, they're rubbling buildings. Uh, I will tell you, you know, you refer back to my time with the 101st Airborne. When we were in southern Iraq in the, at the uh, Gulf War, we, did, we wanted to avoid cities because uh, city fighting is really tough. It consumes a lot of soldiers, uh, not just those you lose, but you have to leave people behind. And again, when you're fighting in multiple dimensions, this is really tough. So I think they go block by block, being very careful to avoid civilian, civilian casualties. At some point, they occupy. But the really big question that we don't know yet is what's the end state? What happens when they're done? Because at some point, they're going to pull out. They want to pull out. And do you, what vacuum do you create? Do you somehow politically get the Palestinian Authority to come in? Is there uh, some type of inter-Arab peacekeeping peace group that comes in? Those are the big unanswered questions. That what does the end state look like? Secretary, you were defense secretary under the former President Trump. How would have his response been different to what we're seeing today? I'm not sure that it would be different in this moment. I, I would argue that it would be different with regard to Ukraine and other countries. But with Israel, given the close connections between our countries, our peoples, um, so much to share between our two countries, I'm not sure it, it would be that much different. Um, although I would say that I think Trump would probably take a harder line uh, and, and a more public line against Iran. Um, I've argued for that in the past. I, I know Secretary of State Pompeo has. And I would like to see more from the Biden administration about connecting the dots back to Iran, because I think at the end of the day, uh, while Israel can go in and decapitate Hamas and, and try and suppress them, unless you deal with the country, Iran again, who's funding and training and supporting them, then I think Hamas, Hamas just crops back up over time. How do you deal with Iran? I mean, this has been one of the big quagmires for a lot of nations, especially given that people want to avoid, you know, World War III. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm not arguing for uh, strikes on Iran right now, but I do think we should see a consensus more emerging first between the Western democracies, United States, Europe and elsewhere about really finally tightening down economic sanctions on Iran. You could go after their uh, energy exports. And I know what that does to the energy markets. And then you could talk about further isolation of them. I just don't think we've seen a concerted effort over the past you know, five, six, seven years, and certainly over the past couple. In fact, some would argue that the administration has been so uh, eager to find a nuclear deal with Iran that we've we've given them too much. And and look, there's a good case to be made for that. But I think we finally, we need to recognize that Iran is at the root of all these problems. Secretary Esper, if we can finish on drawing on your experience, what do you suppose is happening right now? What we're witnessing from the outside looking in is a period of intense diplomacy, a troop buildup, seemingly on the brink of a full ground invasion. What do you suppose is happening right now on the ground and what do you think you're going to see in the coming weeks and months? Look, I think from the Israeli side, uh, they're gathering intelligence, they're prepping their forces, they're, they're talking about their battle plans, uh, doing some final training and making sure they know the game plan to go in and how they're going to deal with it. Uh, I think that's happening at that level. At the same time, they're reinforcing their um, northern front uh, with regard to Hezbollah and southern Lebanon. And they also have to keep a presence in the West Bank in case that rises up. I think President Biden's done uh, make good moves, moving the carrier strike groups into the Eastern Med. The Marines will soon be following in there as well. But one thing that has been talked about is this. Look, if, if Hezbollah opens up a front in, in, in the north, we're going to get involved. We have to at this point, given what we've said about deterring uh, Hezbollah, Iran and others. And so if Hezbollah opens up a real front there, I'd see American involvement happening with tomahawk strikes, maybe airstrikes. But we have to talk about that. And as you know, there's the grander chessboard out there with regard to diplomacy. Uh, pleased to see Tony Blinken going around the region. I think it's important that we try and keep 
um, that Saudi-Israeli normalization deal on hold, make sure it's not dead. At some point, we're going to resurrect that because, in my view, if Hamas and Iran hates that deal, those are two good reasons to pursue it. And I think it would, it would really change the dynamics of the region. You've got about a minute left and we can explore the following. I think it would be beneficial. Is Turkey the missing link here? Where does Turkey stand in all of this? <laughs> Turkey stands in every place. I mean, they're, they're, they straddle multiple fences, right? They're criticizing Israel right now. They obviously have a large Muslim population, but they're also active in um, in uh, southern Turkey, northern Iraq, uh, going after uh, our friends and partners there. Uh, I mean, they're, they they play this game multiple angles. You know, on one hand, they're with us in NATO, but he's supporting Putin in other areas. And of course, what we're not talking about is there's a conflict emerging between Armenia and Azerbaijan, not too far away. So you, you see the world fracturing here in these different spots at this time, and and uh, it, 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 tra- it all traces its roots back decades um, in, in many cases. I'm with you. Some of these key issues just totally off the radar right now. Mark, appreciate right. it. Let's catch up again soon. Mark Esper there, the former U.S. Defense Secretary and author of A Sacred Oath. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.